Welcome back to the Menopause Movement Podcast. This week, we are continuing with our Dr. Michelle Gordon show and episode four. We're going to continue to ride our bikes in Mallorca. We're going to discuss motivating each other through our training, and we cook paella with a local chef. Thanks so much for being a part of the podcast and enjoy the show. Today, we get to go for a beautiful ride in Palma. We get to see the countryside, some beautiful churches, and some shops. We had a great time. We went back to Reed's Hotel, got cleaned up, and we were invited to Antonio Hidalgo's home to make paella. When riding with a group of friends or even strangers, there is an instant connection and community spirit in the group. Whether it's for pleasure or fitness, watching out for the safety of fellow riders during a ride creates bonds. It's a great way to meet people, make new friends, and discover unexplored terrain. We knew that we were coming here, and I hired a coach, and I bought a Wahoo Kicker for power training, and I started power training. And the, my coach, Joe Bahana, got me ready uh, for this trip. How are you getting there? You're only going to get stronger. What happens is you get more, you're getting more power. You can see yeah. your power's coming up yeah. on the, uh, the trainer workouts. Yeah. And then when the weight comes down, you're, just, you're going to be able to obviously convert the... Uh, the last the trainer workout was really hard. I know. I have not done a, a hill yet that is harder than any of the, those those hardest power training workouts. So um, thank you, Joe. What I loved about riding with other people, even if I didn't know them, it's just this community of like-minded people and supporting everybody. And I did join a cycling club where I lived, and I found that when I was riding with the whole group, I was riding longer, faster, harder, working harder, and it was more motivating for me. And Molly was in the same situation in where she lived, and sometimes we would call each other and say, hey, I'm going to ride right now. And so we knew we were riding at the same time, and it almost felt like we were riding together because I knew I was going to tell her how far I went and how much elevation and how she was going to tell me. And it was sort of felt like I was riding with somebody. When we all found out who each other were through social media, there was a lot of texting and phone calls, and Shannon was a regular. She and I both didn't have anybody really to ride with consistently, so we would call each other, and like, you going out for a ride, even though there was a time difference, so it felt like I was riding with Shannon, so I had that kind of encouragement, which was totally great. But Katya would send crazy little messages and talking to Christine. Of course, I stalked you, so I talked to Christine all the time, you know. <laughs> but it was fun getting to know each other. I think we went like 2,000 feet today and 30 something miles, which 30 something miles really great. You know, I kind of do that back home, but there was some climbs and there were some hills and you know, oh my gosh, it just, ah, it was really great. Kept up with the group. We had a great time laughing, you know, if we could high-fiving each other, thumbs up, you know, it was awesome. It was so incredible. Christine was my inspiration. I knew she could climb, so I said, if I want to ride with her, I need to climb. <laughs> so we're going to hop back on the bike, and we're going to do another five to ten miles. Um, five, to, five to six, five to ten. I had no idea because I didn't know what to do. I bought a bike in July and started riding in August. No idea where to start from, and but I love it. 
This is a nice, nice board. When I think of the community that I come from and how I'm embraced and the, the people in Chico, I'm so blessed with so many friendships and people that love and encourage me. Tyler over at North Rim, you know, I mentioned to you, gave me a bike and just, he said, Molly, just go out there and ride. Just get comfortable with the bike. Brad's awesome. He's my neighbor across the street. He's been riding for years and years, but kind of put that on the back burner. And so bringing him back and asking him to ride with me, he's loving it again. We shared a lot of weekends together and stuff and some really good rides. I was helped by some people that truly are cyclists and drew a fireman in Santa Barbara, found me in the middle of Gibraltar one day and I couldn't breathe. So he helped me. He will give me pointers and he will give me uh, some kind of um, idea of what kind of workouts will make me progress. So it was nice. Seeing this group come together, care and watch out for each other while having fun was a dream come true. But fitness was only part of this adventure. We had a great ride in Palma today. We went back to the Reeds Hotel to clean up because Antonio Hidalgo invited us to his home to make the traditional Spanish dish of paella with him. We're making paella with Antonio Hidalgo. We met him at his restaurant, Reserva Iberica, and talk about Spanish culture and community. What is the origin of paella? Paella originally is from the region of Valencia. 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 Okay. Because they had a lot of rice fields there. So okay. people after the civil war in Spain, uh-huh. and the economy was very bad, and then the poor people used to have easy and cheap dishes like paella. Paella okay. is rice and what they used to have. Some vegetables uh-huh. and some rabbit. You can put fish or uh, snails. Snails. Yeah. So I read somewhere that paella um, was kind of like a leftover sort of dish where you know, well, whatever was left over would get thrown in or... Yeah, exactly. Le- le- leftovers. Okay. All right. And what is, is, does paella mean anything in English that you know? Yes, this is the paella. It's the pan. The pan. Ah, it's called paella. It's pa- okay. And, and what about the rice? What kind of rice is it? Ah, this is a good question because the rice cannot beat any rice. There are several types of rice, uh-huh. but the, the most common for paella is called senia. 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 Okay. This is one type of rice, very good for paella, or bomba rice. Bomba. We are going to use today bomba rice. Bomba rice. So you didn't cook the rice yet? Bomba. It's called bomba, bomb. Because the rice will grow two or three times because it has the property to absorb a lot of stock. Okay. So do we do we cook the vegetables first and then the and then the rice? The first thing we're going to cook is the meat. Aha. Uh-huh. And what what kind of meat do we have today? Today we are going to put just pork and oh. chicken. Now are we gonna cook the meat first and then add the vegetables? Exactly. Okay, and then the stock. And then we exactly. have several. And then the stock and then we add the rice. My- community of women are here and I'd like to bring them in if that's all right with you it's perfect so one evening we had the privilege to just go to Antonio's house Antonio was uh, owns a restaurant in Mallorca and he invited us to make paella in his house that was unique that was very special hi guys hello hello And just to be with him here in his own house and 
watching him uh, making that special traditional dish was a treat. So paella, as we've learned, is the pan. Oh, okay. uh, it's not the dish. Okay. Um, for whatever reason, it's decided, you know. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so we're gonna cook. Uh, we're gonna cook the paella, but he has to light the fire. Okay. Yes. Come right. on, baby. Let's have fun. <laughs> <laughs> so this is so this is such a big pan. This yeah. is. A, Oops. This is the real paella experience. Yeah. 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 Since hair is just not yeah. no, no bueno. <laughs> you guys have fun back there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We're on. Now we're lit. So we're gonna cook the meat first, and then. The vegetables and then the rice. Exactly. <laughs> it was really great to spend some time with Antonio in his home. His home is a 17th century barn that's been converted into a house. Also, he's got a great view of the mountain on the rooftop. I was going to ask you about your home. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, the, the ceiling is stone. It, does it date back to? This house is 200 years Okay. Old. Yes, okay. yes, and this is Porles is in the middle of the Tramuntana mountains. Tramuntana is protected by, it's a World Heritage Area. It's UNESCO oh, World Heritage. Yes, exactly. Okay. And this used to be where they used to put the donkeys and the animals. Excellent. Oh, really? So this was a stable of yeah. sorts? Oh, really? Wow. Interesting. And now it's your home. And, and now it's the kitchen. <laughs> we have pork deliciousness again tonight. Yes. Yay. We need to know where they're raising. Oh, yes. my. Anybody else hungry? Yeah, yeah, just a little. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and start picking out. We have these mushrooms here. Okay. Is this common for people to have in their home? This kind of pan? Yes, yes, really? yes, Everybody has yes, yes. Everybody has Almost everybody in Spain. Okay. Have this kind of fun. Paella is also a festive uh, dish right. that people cook on Sundays. Because it's a day off. Also, we talked about the tradition of paella how the ingredients of paella are what's ever around, whatever's kind of left over. And that goes back to the whole farm-to-table concept. Different cultures have different cuisine based on what's locally available. And that's why I'm so fixed on making sure that we get locally sourced food. Watching him uh, making that special traditional dish was a treat. He, um Share with us also that this is unique dish, but it's also bringing the family together. They share every Sunday. They invite the family and to get together. This reminds me so much of my adopted family in France. That's what they do. And since I was a little girl, I always uh, saw a lot of their kids sharing a meal together after church, or just being together, having coffee under the trees, and. Uh, I just love that. And then now, as an adult going back, they still share that tradition of spending time together. Sunday is kind of special family time. I just felt like, oh, Spanish, but the French do that too. So you're able to pass this tradition on. Exactly, this has a very long tradition. Sometimes you cook it away from home. Okay. You take everything like this, the uh -huh. gas and everything to the... It's like a barbecue. Yes, oh, wow. yes. Okay. Spanish barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fun for us because you know, we're, we're a, like a new family, a new community uh, going on this, this, this trip of a lifetime here, and we're mm -hmm. very excited to, to share this with you. So he set it up on a table and put that huge dish on top of it, 
and he started adding ingredients and spices. I'm like, oh, and you were just like taking it in. It's just like really nice. What do you think the time frame, time frame is from start to finish for this dish? Like an Total hour, time? an hour of prep preparation. Yes, and, and then and the another cooking time, another 30, 30 minutes. Cooking time is 30 minutes, so one hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now you can put the tomato. Oh, the tomato. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you you put the special paprika in here. Yes, you were yes, yes. smoked paprika. Yes, so smoked paprika. So is that tomato sauce? This, oh, is yeah. to, this is a tomato sauce, yes. and then these, these, uh, these smoked paprikas exactly. that, have been, that have been browned. Then you put onion, mm -hmm. green pepper, mm -hmm. red pepper, you want, and then some tomato mm -hmm. sauce. Put some celery, a little bit of celery. Yeah, there was celery in there. Celery. Celery? celery? No. no? <laughs> what was the green? Oh, it's green pepper? Green pepper. Oh, green pepper. Onions, oh. onions and some garlic. Oh. Brunchine, action here. French Go, Frenchie. Uh-oh, picture time. Oh, that smells so good. It's starting to get sticky. So what do we do next? Who's next? Mushrooms, baby, juicy. Okay. Go. Mm. Four good for it. Oh. Okay. Thank you. Great. Right. One you mushrooms? As a little girl, I used to go and pick this. Chanterelles? Yeah, the chanterelles. Yes. Oh, yeah. Marshall. My parents are mushroom fans. Ooh, like a little toilet. Okay. The thing is, is paella, you put anything you have in the fridge. So if you have all yeah, of the fridge, you I throw say, it in. I say, if you can do yeah. three style, yeah. Yeah. today we are following the original recipe. The tradition. Yeah. With the paella, the difficult thing now is the time. Because when we start cooking the rice, we have to control the time. Right. And we don't remove it. You're going to put the rice before the stock. Exactly. Yep. The oh, stock okay. is boiling. It's very important that it's boiling. You can put lemon now yeah. in the top. I mean, he's okay. gonna mix it up on Sundays. Though. Oh, Would you like some lemon? Yes. We made paella. Mm. Mostly you made it. Mostly? We didn't make it. Mostly you made it. We just watched. Mm. <laughs> but you um, know the steps now. I do. I do know the steps, and and it's nice because unlike risotto, it's not as it's not as intense as risotto. Well, let's try it. Let's do it. Yeah. This is divine. The smell is We cooked paella with Antonio. It was so delicious. I can't describe how delicious it was. There were these crunchy bits at the bottom of that pan that we were fighting over. It was so good. 
Mm-hmm. If I could explain for the for the, the viewers at home, you've got a crunchy rice mm-hmm. and um, really good. the flavors of the meat, plus the plus the um, the onion, the garlic, uh, the salt, uh, mushrooms. It's like every bite's different mm-hmm. as well. Well, that's because you get it. And then, yeah, and it tastes a little lemony too, smoky, right? And I added a lemon to mine, so I can't get enough. Yeah. No, I need really more. Right. I want the burnt parts. I like things that are burnt. The crew is Enjoying the delicious paella around Antonio's table with the ladies, we started talking about our own senses of loss, things we've lost throughout our lives. And we started talking about how our loss affects our lives. Tell me about your ex-husband. He is one of my best friends. And um, I think why we're such good friends is because of forgiveness. I know we had a lot of family problems, a lot of issues, but forgiveness allowed us to be just great friends. It yeah, took him right. going through his meth and the crazy shit that he did. What? what? He got into meth. Um, He's an addict. Yeah. Um, so I had little ones and chose that that just is not the lifestyle I want. I've tried to correct this situation, never got corrected. And so um, I uh, asked him for a divorce. But where the best friend story comes in is, and he never went to rehab, anything like that, but he cold turkey quit. Okay. And uh, there's a, a, a retreat that he and my son have gone on since um, Hunter was in kindergarten. Every year it was father-son camp out with a, not, a bunch of non-denominational churches every year. Even when he was in his crazy with the meth, he still went. Okay. And the one year that he went, um, it was very late at night and I got very, very panicked and I was just one of those things where I'm packing my son's bag just going I just really don't want to do this but it's a tradition that they've had for years and he came back and it was really late like two three o'clock in the morning and the door opens and I'm like oh my god he was bawling like a baby I'm like I mean my heart just like I'm like where's Hunter where's Hunter he's in the car he's sleeping I mean I lost it and he dropped to his knees and he says, I have ruined everything that this family, oh, you know, and I so knew. So is this that. after you were divorced already? No. Or you no, were still we were still kind of going through that. Here's your papers. Uh-huh. Here's your sign, you know. And he just begged for forgiveness. And he says, I just don't want to ever lose you. And I'm like, well, you've lost me. But, you know, I didn't say that then. But you've lost me. I mean, my heart was gone at that mm-hmm. point. But, and it was that still, you know, hate you, hate you, hate you, hate you. Probably about a year but it was one of those things like, okay, you just said that. Uh, the recorder. Hit re- can you do one more time. <laughs> Say it again so I can play it over and over and over because the healing thing was really hard. I worked as a full-time nurse morning, noon, and night. I had little babies. I was raising a stepdaughter. There was a lot that went to that. There was a time where my brother Tim and I had a disagreement. Yeah, around the time that Jerry was using meth, he... Um, got really pissed at me and was just like, you know what, why are you so hard on Jerry? I'm like, okay, because so meth is something you don't get hard on somebody about, you know? And he says, you are a bad mother. And I'm like, there was about a year where Tim and I, and we were very close. Tim is your brother. Tim is my brother. Okay. Where we didn't talk at all. Okay. And it was one of those things where it really hurt me because my youngest brother, Chris, and my brother, Tim, I felt were very, very close to me. And it was one of those things where I just had that voice, you know, that Holy Spirit just go, you know what? You need to go and ask your brother for forgiveness. I'm like, are you kidding me? I did not do a thing. He's the one that said I was a bad mother. Blah, 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 I'm not going. And it just still was just piercing me. I'm like, oh, all right, okay, I'll go. And I went there, and he wasn't in his office. I'm like, okay, so what was that all about, right? I'm like, right, okay, I did it. Right. Yeah, my hands were done, right? Um, but probably a couple days later, I got that again. It's like, go back right now and apologize. I'm like, okay. 
okay, I will be obedient. I went and he met me at the door and he just said, sis, I love you so much. I was so wrong for what I said to you. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> and seriously, forgiveness is so key so in any relationship. Anything we think we can do, as long as we believe we can do it, we can. Napoleon Hill says in Think and Grow Rich that anything the man of mine can conceive and believe, he can achieve. And I want to say that it's not just for a man, it's for a woman too. Shannon, can you tell me about your sister who passed away about two years ago, right? Three, yes. Three. Okay. Uh, my older sister, Kelly. Um, we shared a room. Gosh, this is turning into one of those things. Um, for 17 years, and then she went off to college. Um, about four years ago, um, my sister was having trouble, you know, in her abdomen, and she couldn't go to the bathroom, and she thought, well, maybe um, there was some issue. She thought maybe she needed a hysterectomy, and since I'd already had one, she called me and said, hey, you know, I, this is happening to me. What should I do? And I go, that doesn't sound like you need a hysterectomy. It sounds like you need to go to the doctor right now. Mm-hmm. So she went, and about... Um, they ran some tests about, gosh, not not just a few hours later. Um, I think her, it was her, I don't even remember now who called me. Maybe it was my mom um, and said, you need to get here now. And I'm like, whoa, what happened? You know, from, from you know, hey, I've got these issues. I'm going to go to the doctor to you have to get here right now. I had 18 hours to get there. And then we we were there for a while and they still didn't know what was wrong with her and it turns out it was a um, tumor on her um, cervix. So she had cervical cancer? She had cervical cancer and the tumor was resting on the ureters which is why she couldn't go to the bathroom. She couldn't pee? No. So did, she they, just kept... did they give her percutaneous nephrostomies? Did she have... I, uh, she, oh, she had nephrostomy tubes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I almost did she feel better after that? No. no. Not really. Um, Long story short, they put her in radiation right away, Mm -hmm. but then they had to radiate her from inside and outside. Mm -hmm. And um, in January, they did a PET scan and they found um, spots on her liver. And then she went into chemo and she basically, you know, was getting better and then not getting better and getting better and not getting better, not eating. Um, And that went on about August and the last time I saw her was after my 30-year high school reunion. I was back so in Seattle. Um, you were 82, mm-hmm. so that was tw- 2012? 2012, yeah. Okay. Um, and she was at home and then when I flew in she was at home so I was with her and then after my reunion we drove back to Seattle to catch the flight and mm-hmm. she was back in the hospital and that was the last time I saw her and then I went to work on a film with Chris, and the day we were out, she passed. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I know you really miss her. It's it's important. I think that this gives us a chance to talk a little bit about cervical, cervical cancer, though, and the the importance of the Pap smear and the importance of the HPV vaccine. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Because these are the things that save women's lives. And I'm sorry that your sister had to go through that. And I'm more sorry for you. Sorry. I just want to address loss because one thing that can happen to us when we when we reach a place of loss, if something happens, we lose our spouse, we lose our child, we lose something that is dear to us, someone who is dear to us, 
we, we can spiral out of control with that because the loss can just take over and become our identity. And what I want, I want you to, if you're, if you're struggling with loss, if you're struggling with your life and where you are, it's really important to know that as people who are alive and above ground and still in a physical plane, we have to deal with loss. That's just part of learning how to love. And so just make sure that if, if you're feeling depressed, get some help. But if, if you have, if you're dealing with loss issues, there are plenty of ways to get help. And if you go to my website, we've got some help for you there too, drmichellegordon.com. So Antonio, thank you so much for having us into your home tonight. We had a great conversation. We were able to have uh, you know, some nice community here and we're very, very happy to be here. My pleasure to, to, to have you at home. And the good thing about cooking with you is that you could experience the real Spanish yeah. family time that it we have great. Awesome. around um, uh, a dish. Yeah. Simple dish with rice and, and then you can see that it's a good atmosphere. Thank you so much. Thank you. Just to let you know, this show is not just for menopausal women. It's for all women. If you're a woman and if you're a man, you need this information because menopause is inevitable. You don't want to miss the next episode. We're going to Bodegas Jose Ferrer Winery in Mallorca. We're going to go for another ride. Our last ride in Mallorca. It's kind of bittersweet. Come and join us. Hey, thanks for listening to the, the Menopause Movement podcast and joining in. I really appreciate you. And if you liked it, please head on over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a positive review. That will really help us out. And don't forget to sign up for the Menopause Workshop. You can sign up at menopauseworkshop.com. I'll see you there.